0: and finishing your very own oncology case report. Save your seat today at the OncoPT.com framework. Again, that's the OncoPT.com framework.
1: Welcome to the OncoPT podcast, where you'll learn from oncology experts, practitioners, and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent OncoPT. Here's your host, Elise Contu.
0: Hey there, and welcome back to this episode of the Onco PT podcast. I, she's back, y'all. I'm I'm just so <laughs> excited, Dr. Kelly Sturm of Cancer Rehab PT and of our brand new course, Cancer Basics Two Day Intensive, which we're so excited to talk a little more about today. Um, what we're doing today is we're kind of peeling back the curtain. We're we're shining the spotlight on this amazing collaboration that we've been working over the past few weeks. So, well, months actually. So before we do that, Kelly, welcome back to the OncoPT podcast. Thanks for having me back. Countdown is on. So Countdown excited. is on. Oh my God. <laughs> so if you haven't heard yet, Kelly and I have been working for the past several months on this collaboration, and we have now created this Cancer Basics two-day intensive course that really takes the rehab professional from scared to death of treating people with cancer to walking into the clinic or the hospital Monday morning and saying, I got this mm-hmm. and I know where to get help when I need it, even after the course is done. So first of all, quick recap for those who haven't listened to our previous episode yet. Why the heck did we do this?
1: <laughs> why, why did we create this course? Like what's the deal? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, Elise and I both are in, you know, the social media world. least, you know, the onco PT, I'm the cancer rehab PT. Um, we love this area. We are passionate about this. But I think both of us could say are just flooded with. DMs, Mm -hmm. messages, emails, questions from other therapists on, you know, interventions, ways to treat it, what they can they do and how they can learn more. I would say Mm -hmm. that is probably a big one that I get is what courses or what can I take?
0: Oh my God. And there's really not
1: much out there. And so just like, okay, well, if if we we want to we want we need more therapists to be treating this population. We definitely need more. We need people to feel confident about it. And so we saw the void and we're going to fill it. Mm-hmm. We did. The DMS are
0: really cool because I really like getting to interact with people, but it, it is very much like it, it just highlights how much of a void there is in physical therapists, other rehab professionals who feel really good and confident and competent about treating this patient population, which is so, it is clearly so special. You and I hold oncology <laughs> so near and dear to our hearts. We talk about it all day, every day. (laughs) So I want to speak now a little bit to uh, kind of what makes this course different, because I think we've all been, Kelly, let me know if you haven't, I think we've all been to or at least heard about the Saturday, all day, Sunday, continuing Uh education courses where you sit in a room with those fluorescent lights and you listen to somebody drone on for 16 hours, your weekend is shot, and then you go back to the clinic or the hospital on Monday morning. You're exhausted. Your weekend was just evaporated. You didn't get any rest. And then you can't remember what you learned or how to apply it. Is that just
1: me or- or no, <laughs> because I looked at a course earlier today, even, and it's later this year and it's a weekend course. And that first thought came to my mind was, I don't want to give up my entire weekend. Like, I mean, I, then you're working two weeks straight. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not going to, and I wouldn't, you could take PTO or a day off, but yeah, you just sometimes don't. Cause I want to do something fun on my day off and or my weekend. So right. yeah. So what we're doing is just Changing it up a little bit. We need as therapists to step up for ourselves and have a little more work-life balance because we're burning ourselves out all the time. We are passionate about it. We want to help our th- our patients, but we do it at our own cost and our families. So we are doing Friday and Saturday, trying to you know find a balance because I know it's not easy to do all week long when someone has a hard time getting off, but mm-hmm. we need someone to have a rest day before they go back in and be able to kind of digest a lot of what they learned, feel good about it, and then feel really confident going back on Monday morning. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you did miss those dates, it's happening August 26th and 27th, that is Friday and Saturday. And we did that very intentionally because we really believe in having rest because you can't pour from an empty cup into your patients. Like if you are running on empty, then your patients are going to know and they're going to feel it because yeah. I have been there way too many times and I'm sure people listening to this podcast have as well.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. No, we 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 need to care for ourselves because we cannot treat our patients at our best ability if we are not at our best. So, we need to find a balance.
0: One of the things I also mentioned previously that I personally really struggled with when I first started treating oncology patients is I would go to these weekend courses. And I mean, it's like you're trying to drink from a fire hydrant sometimes of just, there was, you know, there was hundreds and hundreds of slides because there's a lot of information to get through. But then I felt like I was sent back into the clinic. Like you'd leave Sunday night, you'd go, you'd show up for work on Monday morning. And then I would kind of have this moment of crap. I don't know how to actually use this information that I've learned with my patient. Exactly. And we are really combating this two very specific ways. And I would really love to talk more about that because that I think is one of the biggest impacts that if we're really going to make this work and really
1: educate people, like we,
0: we have to do this. We have to do this well.
1: Oh, absolutely. I was just looking through, you know, seeing a patient for something unrelated to oncology. And I went back to the binder of the course I took. And there's just a lot of information, but there was no interventions. It was no like, how do we apply this? And I had to go, you know, reach out to a couple of therapists to try to get help. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. So can we go into it? We, yes. We, yes. Okay. Please. Let's do it. Let's do <laughs> it. So the biggest it. thing that we are saying, yes, you know, it's the basics. You have to understand safety. You have to understand some side effects. You have to feel confident with that before you can go in. But the majority of the time, we want to focus on how to apply this information in your own setting. And mm-hmm. so we're going through case studies galore, walking through how we, with experience, would treat these impairments, these side effects, um, the functional limitations, and then being able to then go through together the same thing, going through cases together, walking people through, helping them feel confident so that they can move forward on their own um, to apply it when they see their patients the next week. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. One of the biggest things that I really value from continuing education is the how, like taking away the the how to actually do the thing that I'm learning about at this particular course. And so really getting an opportunity in a very safe environment. Like when you come to the Cancer Basics 2-Day Intensive, we are there as a community because it means this much for us to know that you feel good going back and treating this patient population because these patients are not getting helped. If we're not out there, if you are not out there doing this, they're not getting help period. They're not getting those services they need. And so we're really coming together as a community, both in that course, in those two days of really working together to make sure that you feel really good about that. But then one of the things that I am super passionate about is the ongoing community. Where can you go where people have learned similar information to you. You have a foundational knowledge with lots of different experiences mixed in there to where you can really get the answers to, I've got this patient with this, this, and this going on. I'm thinking about this, but maybe I'm not so sure about this part. What do y'all think? Or what do you think about these interventions? And so we are going to have a online community and it's not just like, listen, not to hate on it, but this is not a listserv where you're going to get five emails and an email thread, like this is an actual live community that lives and is going to meet and continue to meet after this course where you can go and get those questions answered even after the course is done. Like that's included in your course registration, just so we're
1: clear. And I think that's more valuable than anything, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. yes, the whole goal is to be able to apply this. And If you learned a lot, but then you get out there and you're like, oh, but this came up. How does that embed? You know, it's not black and white out there. It's it. Everything mm-hmm. is gray, and so being able to come into that group and then getting some support, some ideas, and then going back and still feeling confident is going to make you successful in the long term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When
0: I first started practicing, I was the only clinician in my clinic. Like there were, there were no other PTs. There were no OTs. There were no speech therapists. It was me, myself and I in this clinic. And that was so lonely for a couple different reasons. Obviously, you know, I had my patients coming in, but having that, that camaraderie of other therapists to really bounce ideas off us is, is so valuable. And I just really didn't have that. And it's very isolating because there was, Nobody for me to go when I had an immediate like, oh, crap, Mm -hmm. I really need this question answered, but I don't know that I can reasonably expect to get a hold of anybody at these other locations across the DFW Metroplex. I really missed that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: kind of collaboration and community especially at the beginning of my practice. And, you know, now I've kind of curated that for myself, but that can be really frustrating, especially when you're coming into such a niche environment, such as oncology, physical therapy.
1: No, absolutely. I I think I was in the same boat. I was lucky to work in a clinic. Um, you know, my clinic, I was the only one. However, there were, you know, 50 other therapists and other clinics throughout the metro area who have been doing this. And so I had people to ask questions and then I transferred into a location that had seven who had some sort of training in oncology. And I learned the absolute most by, you know, almost sharing patients, sharing ideas, Mm -hmm. having conversations with therapists around. Mm -hmm. I would not know what I know now if I did not have that support. And so I cannot imagine, you know, you in your situation, you know, being solo. And trying to learn all this, you know, that's a lot of studying. But even then, it's it's different in the in the real world versus what you learn in a book.
0: Mm-hmm. We're very fortunate that you and I are in major metropolitan areas. You know, we're not in like rural <laughs> rural America. You know, and I have a lot of patients who come and see me from rural Texas and rural Oklahoma, which is wild. And I think that's something to note. Is you know, it's it's not just us in the major metropolitan areas who are lonely and don't have a lot of connection. Cause there's not a like you mentioned previously, yeah. there's not a lot of physical therapists, rehab professionals who feel comfortable treating this patient population. So especially those who are in more medium-sized or smaller cities and towns, I mean, this yeah. is a major problem. And I think that's where a lot of therapists may be are interested, but know that they don't have that support immediately there, within easy access to ask these questions, to where they feel really comfortable, really working with this patient
1: population. Yeah, but then I have to think that this is where this course I think is perfect for that individual because, you know, this goes into the basics. It's intensive, so it's two days. You learn really everything you need to know to feel comfortable treating them. But there are still going to be some complex things that come up. And so you get both. You get that knowledge to say, you know, you can treat the majority of oncology um, throughout you know, whatever show up, if someone has cancer currently, or if they have a history of cancer, which is probably more common, mm-hmm. um, what can you do? But then when those come up that you feel more stuck, you have the community to go into, have more, learn a little bit more work together to then feel comfortable to support that patient as much as you possibly can.
0: Kelly, anything else you would like to leave the audience with today?
1: I wish I had this opportunity <laughs> when I was starting, I, you know, I've been doing, I've been a therapist graduated about nine, over nine years ago. I've been on college for seven or eight of mm-hmm. those. And I, it took me five years, I think to feel decently confident, but I didn't, the stuff that we're teaching in this course, I don't think I learned for years. Honestly, I don't know. Oh my God. Think, did yes. <laughs> I didn't learn a lot of this until I kept reading things. I kept looking on my own, but it spent years. It took me years to get to that point. So everything in this course, it really would have given me a five-year jumpstart. And so again, if there's any, um, I would say for any therapist who's, you know, on the fence, but they want to treat this population or feel comfortable treating this, right. I I cannot imagine a better way to get that jumpstart that you may need
0: obviously i 100% agree um you know some of these things and maybe this is telling them myself a little bit some of these components really didn't fall into place for me to where i really understood them enough to apply them until i started teaching them it's <laughs> right. just it's just there's so much to piece together by yourself and yes sometimes you have to like ramshackle some you know like I don't know, MacGyver things together, but your oncology, physical therapy education should not be part of it. Like you should not have to piecemeal your cancer rehab knowledge so you can help a person with cancer. So I (laughs) I would have killed to have had a one-stop shop like this to get started with. So Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Thank you so much for coming on and, you know, having this little back and forth about this collaboration that we're so Excited about y'all. Again, it is happening on August 26th and 27th, 2022. We are very, very excited about it. We are in the process of getting CEU approval for 13 contact hours in more than 40 states. So Oh my God, cannot wait. We cannot wait to see you there. Make sure to register with the link in today's show notes. You can also find that at the OncoPT.com Cancer Basics course. And we are so excited to see you at our Cancer Basics two-day intensive
1: course. woo Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the OnCo PT podcast. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, leave a rating and review, or support us on Patreon.